It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. And we're back with a bang. It's the Arsenal opinion. No good mornings. No good afternoons, just hello. Uh, I'm here with Alfred. Hello, hello, hello. I'm here with Matt. Hi, Pete. We're excited. Really excited. Excited about the new season. We spent some money. Arsene Wenger's had a haircut. We won the Community Shield. What's not to love about right now? Alfred. We did the treble. Pre-season treble. Oh, that's true. The, The Audi Cup, the Emirates Cup, and the Community Shield. It's not often you can start a season having won three trophies already. Mourinho would have that down as three trophies, wouldn't he? What's what if you win? So what what, what would you call it if you won the six? Six tuple. The septuple. Six tuple. Well, septuple is if we win. I don't think we need to worry about it. No, I don't. But but it's a good start. <laughs> it's a good. It's a, it's it's a good. Start. How did we win the Audi Cup? Well, how do we win the Emirates Cup? We we, we, we made up. The we rules. lost to Seville and won the cup ahead of them. With yeah, we're the only team that can uh, invent a new method of point scoring to enable us to win. We smashed Benfica, didn't we? Yeah. It was an impressive five-two that had us winning the cup because they value goals as much as wins. Purists like Arsene. Yeah, this is the way football should be played. So, uh, so are we? Are we? Are we pumped for the season ahead? A Friday night season kickoff uh, is a bit odd. How many other teams are playing on Friday? It's just us. Is Friday, it just us? Yeah, so we yeah, kick off the whole season. Friday night lights. Is there any special reason for us kicking the season off? I would have thought it would be. I think the best reason is that whenever we kick off on a Saturday, we lose. So hopefully, uh, Friday is 
going to bring a change in fortune. That's a good shout. And what do we uh, what do we think of Friday night uh, kickoffs, just in general? What do we do? We like them? Do we hate them? How would you feel about it if you were in London? I ask. I mean, they're terrible, aren't they? Because who? There's a lot of people who can't make it stri- um, directly from work, etc. It's it's not very um, very considerate of the fans. I completely disagree. I think there's nothing better than thinking all day when I leave here, I'm going to smash a couple of beers, get up to the game. It's a night game, but it's also the weekend. Uh, I'm go- if we win, I'm going to go and really put one on it. I also don't understand because a lot of people do that. Oh, Friday night games are unfair. Well, they're no, they're no more unfair than a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. I mean, if anything, the, the the day of the week where you're least likely to be putting in a shift is uh, is Friday. I like the idea of a Friday night game. Upper Street gonna is going to be buzzing. Yeah, and if it's a good one, it kicks your weekend off to a to to, to a cracker, and you, you can do your family stuff or whatever people do outside of games. So I'm a but listen, I'm a fan. Don't give me that look, Alfred. Don't give me that look. Anyway, I, I'm outraged. Anyway, we have we have a lot of stuff to be cracking on with today because this is the first of the preseason. So we can talk about players we've signed. We can talk about players other teams have signed. We can talk about why Spurs haven't signed any players at all. I think we've definitely got to talk about the Community Shield and whether there is anything to take uh, from that. And then we can talk about our hopes and dreams um, heading into the next nine months. Uh, so, yeah. Episode 21. Matt, what have you got for us? Well, 21, there's been some pretty famous 21s in Arsenal history. Uh, You know, it's traditionally been a number that has had a few reserve goalkeepers and not particularly good ones. Although, I don't know if there's really such a thing as a good reserve goalkeeper. Alex Manninger. Oh, yeah, he was great. He he, he really was great. But these ones are pretty shit. Uh, Lucas Fabianski, the most recent... Oh, no, sorry. The most recent, the current holder of the 21 shirt, Callum Chambers. Kind of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we should just get rid of that guy. He wasn't even... As someone said, he wasn't even Middlesbrough's best player. So let's just just get rid of him. Cancel him. Nice hair, but not good enough on the pitch. The only time I ever think it might be worth keeping him is when I think that we've got Gabriel still on the books. Yeah, who's apparently rumoured to be going as well. 11 million. Valencia. Oh, Valencia. God, if we can get 11 million, I'll drive them there myself. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd love that as some sort of YouTube series, yeah, driving Gabrielle. Yeah, it's a bit like, a car, it's like my version of Carpool. Uh, so, Fabianski, Mark Poom. Remember him? Mark Poom, one game. Was it one game? Barely. I was asking the question. I mean, I don't remember him. Poom? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he was good for. Oh, this guy, so much promise. I, I remember genuinely being excited when I'd heard we'd, sound, we'd signed this guy from Notts County for £2 million Ooh. as a 16-year-old. Who am I talking about? You're talking about Jermaine Pennant. Oh, good knowledge, mate. Good knowledge. In, uh... A guy so dedicated to drinking that he once threw up. Uh, at the Birmingham City football training. Am I <laughs> correct? I don't think He's, I've ever heard that story. I think you love the booze. I think you love the booze. Another player who I was very excited about, He was this guy was bought in that massive sort of spending spree in Arsene Wenger's first summer in charge uh, from... He was bought... He's Portuguese, winger... Um, what in the first batch? In the first batch, yeah. Just oh, Mendes, ba- Alberto Mendes. No, but that's in the same batch. Um, 
Boa Morte. Oh, Boa Morte. Who somehow he, he was pretty good for Fulham. And, and he bought and a house when round the corner from me when I used to live in Upminster when I was a when I was a kid. And he bought a house in like one one of the only gated residences around. He made, he made a pretty good career. That didn't. It? Was he part of uh, Magnus Magnuson? When he went on a bit of a crazy one for West Ham and gave Freddie Lundberg like 90, 90 grand a week. I thought Magnus Magnuson was the world's strongest man. I don't know. Um, maybe I got them. Some, someone Magnuson. The Icelandic guy. Don't know. I'm going to tell you what. I'm throwing a lot of like spurious <laughs> stories around today. I've got to fact check these after, let me tell you. Uh, Eddie McGoldrick. Oh. Good signing from Palace. Dodgy curtains. Steve Morrow. We've had him before. He got dropped and broke his arm. That's what he's most famous for as well as the winner in the League Cup 1993. So, uh, an interesting group of number 21s, but, uh, yeah. Nothing legendary there, but interesting all the same. Cult heroes. So a few a few cult heroes, but just looking ahead to number 22, we've got some good stuff coming, so. Yeah, Arsenal back on level terms. It, it has done. And it's Kolasinac. Who knocked it in at the far post? Suddenly it's all gone pear shaped for Chelsea. 1 1 at Wembley. Well, he's frustrated. They don't defend the set player at all well. It's a lovely floated ball into that far post. And he's been excellent since he's been on. And as in that, he wasn't offside when the ball was played. So we've just come out of the traditional curtain raiser, the community shield. Um, I swore that I wouldn't care what happened, win or lose, it wouldn't really mean anything um, until we won. And then, obviously, I'm absolutely delighted. So um, I thought there were a lot of positives. Uh, Pete, what were your, if you had to pick two positives, what would they be? Oh, uh, what were my... T- uh, see, interestingly, there were probably about six or seven uh, like like positives off the back of it. I would say that um, like a sort of off the beaten track positive. Um, I really like El Nene. I think he's a very solid player. I think he passes really well. I think he's very industrious, covers a lot of ground. Um, and I'm very excited to see how he develops this season. I feel like, uh, I feel like Jacka. Uh, need somebody physical um, around him. I think our midfield um, lacked um, physicality because I don't. I don't count Coquelin tearing around like running into slide tackles as physicality. So to have his height in the midfield and to see him doing pretty well and like doing some of that donkey work um, was a was a really exciting positive for me. And then uh, and then where else would I step with uh, a positives? I think the formation again, like, kind of stunted Chelsea. Like Chelsea, like we're using the force against them, and um, and they really struggled. They looked particularly average. I think the like we, we played in a really fluid manner. Um, we looked very comfortable, and um, I get to to do that without your two best players is pretty fucking excellent, in my opinion. And weirdly, we almost look stronger without our two. Uh, our two best players. So interesting to see what's going to happen when they uh, when they come back reluctantly um, at some point. Alfred. Well, I thought the the greatest positive I took from the game, apart from as you mentioned, um, Chaka who'd had a fantastic game. I think it was to see Lacazette 
who could who showed how he could have an impact with one opportunity in that game and that when presented with the chance, he took it. Fair enough, he didn't score, but that was something I hadn't seen from an Arsenal striker in quite a while. Someone. You hadn't seen a miss? <laughs> an Arsenal player take a chance by missing it. I've seen a lot of, of, of players missing um, over the last last year, but I haven't seen someone with that intent. It was a very unshrew thing to do. It was a very unwalkout thing to do, and I was really happy to see it that at least something has changed up there. The second positive going into this season is how uninspired and poor Chelsea looks without Hazard. It is incredible um, how they lack creativity pretty much everywhere without that player. And that's going to be good for us, and at least because I think he's out for a couple of months, it's going to be good for us in terms of, of reaching that top four, that they could be neutralised that early on. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest positive for me was we seem to have shaken off our inferiority complex around Chelsea. We've had one for a few years, and it felt like we've sort of shaken it off, which is good, um, because personally I'm fed up of always dreading a 4-0 drubbing and for once you know even when we went a goal behind it felt like we all thought we could get back in it and then you know a lot of people have been talking about him but I am loving that left back Kalasinak Kalasinak he just looks like he I mean he just looks like the kind of player that Chelsea sign you know really tough in the tackle a bit of a Ivanovic tough in the tackle uncompromising unyielding you don't want to play against him but he's not he's not a He's not an out and out. Um, he's not just a bully like no. Ivanovic. Like he's got, he's got a lot about him. Like yeah. very composed, um, and he like he added a lot to our attack going forward. Like he's a, he's really exciting. Um, and uh, the the interesting thing about um, signing a left back is Monreal has been a pretty good left back. Like he's it like it wasn't like that that wouldn't have been the immediate no. position you picked out. So now we've got like two really solid left backs playing um, like like duking it out and Kieran Gibbs. And Kieran Gibbs, but um, on the uh, on the positives, I do want to go back to um, your point, Alfred, about about having a, like the intent from Lacazette because I, I I wasn't particularly I wasn't particularly excited. I think that he kind of got lost in the game. Like he get like he had one chance because his movement was his movement was so bland all game that he didn't really like offer himself up in another way. So I, I feel I feel like he's got a lot to do to like pick up the pace like because Giroud in preseason certainly looked better than him and if we're rumoured to be losing him to West Ham that's a lot of slack for him to pick up that's 20 goals worth of slack which I'm sure he'll do but I just worry that his lack of physical presence is going to um, make him anonymous in the big games lack of physical presence I like that um, new nickname <laughs> oh, that you've just coined <clears throat> well he Giroud will always look good just like Andy Carroll because of presence that doesn't mean they have good movement. It just means that you can see them. What I liked about, like I said, the few times in the game was that you could see him looking for great runs from which he could score more than he was looking for attempts from, from other places. And every time I saw, like I said, I missed Ozil. And that was another good feeling. Like I missed a creative player who could who could make those those passes for him because we didn't really have any creative playmakers on the pitch except for except for maybe Chaka, who who did a couple of good crosses, but he, like I said, was not served by anyone in that game. I think the thing for me that's going to be interesting is how quickly does he get going? Because I think he's going to be a good striker, um, but it's frustrating that that shot that he hit against the post didn't go in because 
you know, you want to get up and running really quickly. And a goal like that, you know, we've really got to hope that he bangs in a couple on Friday because if he gets started quick, he's going to score 30 goals. If he goes five games without a goal, everyone's going to be on his back and it's going to be difficult to have a really strong season. So with all these new signings, especially when they've got a big price tag, the first thing they've got to just do is get in the rhythm of scoring goals, doesn't matter how they go in. And if he does that, then... I think we'll be all right, and he's got a, a good opportunity on on uh, on, fr- on Friday. Yeah, and I think um, people saying that he needs like Robert Perez and David Seaman saying that he needs time. The guy's uh, you know fifty million pound striker. Uh, he's twenty six years old. He doesn't have the benefit of youth on his side. He really does have to hit the ground running. I think my concern is um, aside from uh, like hitting the ground running early and starting to score goals, so he doesn't have fans on his back. Is the um, like, how is he going to cope? How is he going to cope in February, March? Because the Premier League, from a physical perspective, without uh, like, there's no winter break, there's no respite. December is like, su- like supremely aggressive. Like, how is he going to cope at the back end of the season? Um, especially if we do lose Giroud and it's Lacazette every game. So it'd be very interesting to see how we manage his fitness. How is Morata gonna look in January, February? I mean, that was not an impressive outing from that guy. And even the penalty was was you know hilarious. But the, you bring up something interesting, I think, here with he's a fifty million pound striker, which actually means that he's tier two uh, today because there's a lot of of more expensive yeah. strikers out there. So like you know he he do, for me he doesn't have those expectations that I would have of a Lukaku, for example, who you've you've actually spent a lot of money on like fifty million today. Like is that really an expensive striker? I don't think so. No. Um... 50 million is to need 20 million, really, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it is a, it's kind of interesting watching what Chelsea have done in the transfer market this summer because, uh, like, to your point um, on Morata, I'm not, I don't think I've ever been overly convinced by him. Like, he's a very silky player, but I'd like to, is he going to have the impact of Diego Costa? I doubt it. Does he make, um, I, I think Chelsea are less mean without him, and that's kind of been one of their traits for years. And then they're looking to sign Danny Drinkwater. Uh, into their midfield uh, to solve some of their like creativity problems. Uh, Bakayoko uh, for Matic, like Arsene Wenger kind of called that out and said like you don't like Matic is 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 more of an athlete, um, and Bakayoko is more of a, an impact player. So I can't. It almost feels like Chelsea have gone backwards with some of the signings and the losses that they've. Um, made this summer so it's like and Conte looks un, looks and sounds in the press like he's very much under pressure because I don't think Chelsea have had a good summer which is um, exciting for us and they've got Champions League to contend with this year like a massive massive advantage that they uh, that they had on everybody last year was that they had that little midweek rest I mean Morata is like Fernando Torres all over again it's going to be very very entertaining to watch I mean I don't want to tempt fate because He's scored 14 goals in 14 ga- 14 goals in 14 starts for Real Madrid last year. So he's got pedigree and he's a class act and he's going to play for a team that's going to serve him up a hell of a lot of chances. So uh, Danny Drinkwater going to serve him up a hell of a lot of chances. <laughs> I, I mean, think- someone can, someone said that Conte thinks of Drinkwater that he could be a Pirlo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that must have been. It must have been. That must have been on April the first. That's when you're desperate to make a make the best of a of a shit show. It's funny though, just you don't often see Chelsea suffer with like late signings or not get their man. I mean, it's, they it's, do it every other year. They they have a great year, and then they don't they don't support the manager, 
and then the manager gets pissed off and leaves. Then they get a new manager and they spend loads of money and they do well. It feels like a sort of cycle. Yeah. What about your situation, Sol? Will you be staying at Tottenham? I'm staying. So we've made it pretty clear how we feel about Chelsea going into this season. They are going to do a classic Chelsea second season. And um, it's nice to not have to worry about them, I think. Are we worried about Tottenham? I think looking at their business this summer, they have, um, haven't been that active, except for making money. Um, they've sold Kyle Walker for 50 million euro and Nabil Bentaleb for 19 million euros. You what? Bentaleb? Like, we couldn't even... Like, what did we sell Chesney for? Like, f- 4 million euros or something? Yeah, we... I'll tell you who we should sign... Daniel Levy to replace Dick Law. Like, fuck him being in charge of the club. Just get him in to be, like, the transfer guy and get rid of, like, Kieran Gibbs, Wilshire, all that lot. I mean, if you can get Bentelev shifted for 19 million, imagine what you'd do with all our dead wood. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, yeah, we, we'll talk about Arsenal in a bit, but, like, the, the really shabby how little of the dead wood we've sold on this summer, especially as we've got some... That player's arms are bad. <laughs> I don't Jack know. Wilshire was uh, he played one game against Barcelona once upon a time, but um, Spurs uh, kind of entertaining. Moving into Wembley, bigger pitch, bigger expectations this season, and all they've done is sold players. All right, better, better or worse than last year? Spurs. I I think Wembley is going to really not be good for them. It wasn't good for Arsenal. Worse. Uh, I think it's going to be worse. Yeah, Alfred. Worse. And I think. What are you thinking? Worse. Worse. Okay, cool. All right. That's good. So we think Chelsea are going to do worse. We think Tottenham are going to do worse. This is, we, maybe this is our year. No, they are going to do worse than they did last season. I'm not saying that any of them will do worse than us. That's a big difference. Good quantifier. Yes. Um, one club that I am quite worried about and how good they will be this season is Manchester City. Yeah. They have done quite a lot of business. They have bought players for 200 million euros. Um, And they've done it in the areas where people were very skeptical about them last season. Got Mendy at left back, Kyle Walker at right back. I mean, for 50 million euros. Imagine what he would cost if he could actually pass a ball. They've also got Danilo from Real Madrid. So... Extremely strong business, including Bernardo Silva, Edison, and Douglas Luis from Vasco da Gama, who seems to be a young signing. But departure-wise, Iannaccio, 27 million. Good player. And they've they got, got a buyback on him as well, I think. Yeah, and they've lost Kolarov, Fernando, Nolito. I think, I think it's pretty safe to say Manchester City are probably going to do a little bit better this season. Um, I, I, I think that they recognise the like transitioning the ball from midfield to attack. They were one of the best in the league last year, but um, their, their, their back line was shoddy. Um, so they've, they've powered up players that can pass, that can go forward, pace, power. Um, they've, got, they've got a better goalkeeper. Um, last year's was... Last year was not a good year for Pep on the goalkeeping front. Um, so I think they're going to be very exciting this year. But remember last year, they, they got off to a flyer, didn't they? What, like 13 games unbeaten or something ridiculous like that. Uh, top of the league, Pep's dominating the premiership. And then uh, 
then it all kind of fell to pieces, didn't it? As the season wore on. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be stronger because they've signed better players. But I don't know. I've just got this nagging. They don't seem like a, a team built for the Premier League. You know, I've just got a sort of nagging. That feels like it, it could do well in Europe, but is it going to be turning up for what Tuesday night in Stoke? I don't know. The jury's out after Pep's first season. It wasn't quite as we expected. So, but you have to say that they, with that with that expenditure, smart manager, some of the other comp- competition weakened. They're going to be the, they're going to probably be the team to beat. But I I have to say that like when I. You shouldn't really put too much into preseason games, but when they won three nil against Spurs, they looked incredible. And the formation and the way that they were pressing was, I thought, was absolutely extraordinary. And how it was the defenders who were scoring, and much of what they had focused on and what looked better was getting it out from the back. Uh, which Peppers talked about what he thinks will be the success to winning the Premier League. And with Edison at the back now, who is a proper ball-playing uh, goalkeeper, I think they're going to win the league. Better or worse? Win the league. Mm, I, do you know what? When I was looking through the player list there, I, Pep's going hard on the Brazilians. They've already got a few Brazilians there. and I, I, Brazil, Brazilians haven't traditionally done particularly well. Gilberto um, and Edo? Edu? Yeah, yeah, but there's 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 a lot more failures, a lot more big name uh, failures and successes. So I don't know. I I I love Pep Guardiola and his brand of football, and I, I think that he's the best coach in the world um, by quite a distance. So I'm I'm going to say that they're going to do better this year. Like how how can they not? Three hundred million of talent added to the talent that they already had. It's going to be very difficult to beat them this year. Okay, so Chelsea less good. Um, City. Better, Chelsea. Let's go. <laughs> what a summary! Let me transition this one. Uh, let me step in and save this. What do we think about Klopp and Liverpool? They've obviously got Salah in as their their big signing. We've heard a lot about who they want to sign this year. They've kind of been in in our group there in the 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 Twitter updates every second they they're moving in for Nabikita and we're not etc and they've lost maybe one of their most prolific players who was a bit of the backbone for that team whenever they have injury struggles last year in Lucas Leiva what do we think about Liverpool well, I also think that you forgot to mention that they lost one of um, our legendary goalkeepers Alex Meninga retired at forty so. Um, Good luck to Alex. But I, Liverpool have had a, an absolute disaster considering that they've got Champions League football and like apparently cash to burn. They spent, um, they spent a lot of money trying to sign, uh, sorry, a lot of time trying to spend Cater, um, who Red Bull have said, no way. Uh, they've also spent a lot of time trying to sign um, Virgil uh, van Dijk from Southampton. Uh, that looks like it might go through, but no. there, it's only there's only three weeks. And I, I'm surprised that a bigger club hasn't come through for a, for a player of that stature, like Arsenal. Yeah, like like what what? Uh, what well, they uh, said we could give them all the old players that we signed off them. We could give them Chambers, Walcott, and the Ox. Well, there in, there's a like frenzy online today because the Ox had liked a comment about him moving. Uh, to Liverpool, um, I wouldn't be devastated. I've got to say, and that would be quite the come down from uh, from Cater. 
Um, but it, interesting all the same. Like they've they've had a shocking summer, and if they go into if they go into the Champions League with that that, that few amount of signings, they're gonna they're gonna really struggle. So yeah, I'm gonna say Liverpool will drop out of the top four. Harsh. And someone who didn't make top four last season, Man United, have again spent money, but are we are we convinced they've got Lukaku, Matic, and Lindlov? My hero, hero Swede. I'm so glad that as we see Ibrahimovic go, that he was replaced by another Swede. Uh, not in the same position, obviously. Um, they've lost Wayne Rooney. They've also lost Janisai. Remember when he was the, the, the next great white hope? Um, like, we should play for England. And there was uproar when he didn't. Like, what a, what a, what a career dive he's taken. Um, I think that United are in pretty good shape going into next season. Mourinho always turns it on in his second year. Uh, he's got a bully boy up front. I think people writing Lukaku off as a donkey like they do every single season, forget this is a guy that gets you goals uh, and put him in a really strong, powerful team. Uh, his age, I think, I think he could flourish. Um, Matic, proven. Lindelof looks like he's really struggling, but um, you know, you never know there. Like that was a very functional United side last year. Put a more mobile striker um, up front, and I think they'll, um, I, I think they'll, I think they'll break the top four this year for sure. Yeah, there's definitely going to be stronger, aren't there? They look like they're just built for the Premier League. They're all big, strong, proven, spent another 300 grand or whatever, 300 million. Dangerous. I mean, I, and I agree there. I think this is what's kind of impressive with a window is that they have, except for Lindelof, they have gone for, for players who had a great last season. And the other teams that we've been looking at have, has not done the same. And... Um, yeah, Jose's second season is that's when he he's back with a vengeance, and um, he looks today. I I watched the the game against Real Madrid, and it wasn't a top performance. Real Madrid looked incredible. I mean, they just looked like they're having so much fun, but Jose was focused, and he he really had that um, that stare in his eyes. Yeah. Um... Yeah, not, I, I am worried about United this season. Um, it's 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 a gross looking side. It's not going to win the Champions League, um, but I think it will cause some problems for um, the rest Everyone, of the rivals. Yeah, yeah so it'd be interesting there. Who is next on the list? Well, who do you think has spent a hundred and eleven million euros? Everton. Correct. Could you name me one of uh, of their new players? No. Uh, well, the only one that, without looking at your list, uh, would have been um, Keane, um, <laughs> Michael Keane, uh, who didn't he just introduce himself to Twitter? So that's why I know about that. But the, but the rest, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting season. It's it's kind of like a, it looks like a, a, a Southampton on steroids hall of players. Like they've got some, they've got that um, that Henry guy. Um, from Belgium, who scored like their top, like Henry, what's he? Is it? Onyeko. On, on oh, yeah, okay. we were going to get him. We yeah, were we were going to get him, him and send him out alone. Um, David Klassen, 
of Ajax, like Jordan Pickford, who I am really glad that we didn't sign because that's just got Richard Wright written all over it. But 28 million for a goalkeeper and um, and Michael Keane from uh, from Burnley for 28 million. So it's either going to be fabulous for them this year or it's just going to be exactly the same as Everton always are. They don't look like great signings, do they? No, it's going to be exactly the same unless Rooney has an incredible season. Yeah, and we all know that that's not going to happen. Like a really, um, a really odd signing to make on the money that they must have um, they must have shelled out on his salary. Like, he is dead um, as a player. And a team that wants to make Champions League um, shouldn't really be signing him. But um, I, I guess the, the new owners who own part of our club, um, Mashiri and Usmanov, wanted to make a statement. And that's their, like, uh, that's their statement signing. I think we have covered top six there, definitely. One club that I think has done... Incredibly well this window in signing Anatovic, Chicharito, Joe Hart, and Sabaleta. Is, is good, isn't it? Is West Ham. I think that is really, really competent. That was like signing. three years ago. They'd been contention. They were like three years past it, those players, aren't they? Ah, I mean, Chicharito is 29 years old, Arnautovic is 28. Um, like Joe Hart is like right in his prime for a goalkeeper, even though he's looked pretty shite for a couple of seasons. Uh, like Zabaleta, thirty-two. Like they're they're all like they're all thereabouts. I wouldn't um, like they're going to make West Ham a pain in the ass next year for sure. I mean they could, I mean they could feasibly push for for sixth, couldn't they? I, th- I think that that would be a fair shout for them. They're definitely going to be better. Push us to six, yeah. Well, the, and the, now they've gone back into... They're going to cause us problems. Blessing for Arsene Wenger. First game in charge. Away to the bottom club. Vieira. Played on by right to Winterburn. That's rather speculative, but Hartson made it more than that. A right turn inside marker. Well, he makes it look ridiculously easy, Ian Wright. He was helped, to be fair, by Nicky Marker not getting close enough to him. But the taking of the chance, brilliant. So come on, boys. Uh, Like match day on Friday. Like if you live in New York, that means escaping work three hours early, get drunk in the day. Like complete badasses. Um, So it's exciting. uh, But we always forget. Arsenal generally do pretty poorly at the start of the season. Arsene Wenger always forgets to buy his players on time, to sell the right players, and to have his players match fit. Uh, flashbacks to last year when we were the only club that didn't have all of our World Cup players uh, fit and on time, and we paid the price against a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool. And a Mane. You never even spoken about Mane, and I know he's your favourite, Alfred. Uh, so Friday, um, we've got uh, a rejuvenated Leicester under the tutelage of who? Is it Craig Shakespeare? Yeah. Um, he's made a couple of big signings. Iheanacho for 30 million, bold. Um, he's still got Jamie Vardy there, still got Mares there. Danny Drinkwater, the creative legend, possibly going to Chelsea is there. It's not, it's not going to be an easy team. And the back end of last season, we've got to remember, um, they, they came to life, didn't they? They pulled themselves out of relegation and they put in a good fight. So are we going to see relegation for the Leicester or are we going to see Matt opening a can during the final cut. Thanks, Matt. Anyway, so over to you. Wouldn't want to interrupt your, uh, your I think, flow with I them. think it's the perfect game for us because I think they're good enough to mean that we're not going to take them lightly and we're going to be focused. Uh, and yet they're 
not quite good enough to really give us a lot of problems. It's my gut feel. Because I think part of the problem is we played all we played like think about those terrible opening days. I mean Liverpool was an abomination, but you know, West Ham and then Aston Villa, you know, they weren't they weren't good sides and we obviously just turned up and expected to win. So I think everyone seems there seems to be a bit more focus around the club. Um, and I know I always say that, and then we just really let everyone down again. But everyone seems pretty up for it. There's no chip. There's no, everyone knows there's one objective this year, and that is to win the, the Premier League. There's no Champions League, or you know, we're all, like we love the FA Cup, but you know, we're done. We've had enough. Let's just win the fucking league. And I think everyone seems focused on it, and everyone is aware that we're going to need a really strong start. Uh, and and all the other thing is we've got a tough run of fixtures. We got. Uh, Stoke away, we've got Chelsea away, we've got Liverpool away in our first five or six games. So this is Friday's already must win. Already must win. I like it. The difference as well is like when we've lost those games on opening day that you mentioned is that they have been reading about themselves in the papers for the last week and everyone's saying that this could be the year for them. I don't think any sane football journalists in England will have put their their head out and said Arsenal could do it this year. No one will. So it might actually be a couple of these players who, who feel like they have something to prove and might be turned on at kickoff. Especially like a couple of the new leaders like Jacka, for example, I think might be getting a little bit pissed off being, uh, being written off and Sanchez. So you think Xhaka might be a bit turned on? Why did you why did you look at me like that when you said that? He's got so much bad etiquette in this like final closing part of the show. But so this is the strange thing, boys. Um, not a lot has changed at Arsenal uh, over the summer, but we've signed two players. We've won the Community Shield. Uh, all the all the papers are predicting six. But I kind of get I, I'm getting the vibe from you all that this could be our year. Like you've you've all, you've both got that little glint in your eye that says you think something special could happen this year. Am I right? No. Nothing special is going to happen this year. I think we are going to have to get used to this season to not being top four anymore. Alfred, come on, admit it. Before before we all met up, we went we had a drink around the corner, and you told me you were excited about this season. I am excited about this season. I think it's going to be the first season in a long time when I know what to expect. Well, no, no, we know what to expect every year. Uh, you know, we, we 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 duplicate the same season every single year. But you know what? I've just got a feeling, oh, I just think it could be our year. You know why I'm excited about this year? I've got like West Ham like levels of pessimism because now now that we've we've all been slapped on the wrist and we've basically been told Arsene Wenger is never ever going to leave. So when you when you when you accept it doesn't matter how bad it gets this season, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Just enjoy Football for football. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, let's just be cool. That, that's what I mean. I am excited about this season because I can just enjoy football without that glimmer of hope being taken away from me. Arsene is now a comfort to me. Uh, he's a nasty comfort, like a scary, weird uncle comfort. But he's, he's a comfort now. Like, I know that he's always going to be there. He's a stable pillar of my life. And whatever he does to the club, I know he's going to be there, so I'm just going to deal with it this season. But I am excited. I think we're going to win against Leicester. I think we're going to go on a 10-game unbeaten run. Lacazette's going to score all the goals. Kolasinic is going to be a complete brute for us, and he's going to be the leader that we've lacked. 
um, and it's going to be exciting. So that's that's my view. The interesting thing is we're going to know exactly what our season is going to look like after five games, I think. Because with those with with away games at Stoke, Liverpool and Chelsea, we're going to know exactly what we're made of and what this season is going to be like. And if we come out of those in good health, then we can really look forward to a really promising season. If we if we can't, then or oh, we just stumble through them and we lose one of them or lose two of them, then it's going to be a long, hard season. Yeah, but it's also the fact that the league is moving so quickly and we're not moving as quickly. 75 points that we got last season was the highest a fifth-place team had ever gotten. And I don't think 75 points for us last season was that bad. And I would be happy with us if we got 75 points this season with essentially two signings and two on the way out. So I think if we can repeat what we did next season, I will be happy and I will enjoy this season. Last season, last season. I mean, you said if we can repeat what we did next season. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Do you want to yeah, mind games? Main games indeed. So that was a, that was a fairly positive um, preseason roundup. Uh, I'm I'm excited, um, but uh, but aware of what's probably going to happen. Matt, you seem I'm pretty chipper. Yeah, feeling really quite excited. And Alfred, you're kind of in between. No, I'm super excited. I just don't think we should be excited about winning the league. Okay, cool. All right. On that note, uh, thank you um, all for coming. Uh, and then listening to our, our wonderful show we hope to be here on the regular and also see you next week if you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Sports Social Podcast Network.